Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. So we got a couple of emails and one of those emails said, ask Derek. What's new, Derek? <laughs> I actually got an email. <laughs> said, hey, ask Derek what's new for me. Who said so, that? I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I got I to gotta ask him. Because <laughs> people know. Yes. You don't like that question. So, what's new? There's nothing new. There's nothing new. <laughs> Derek's going to throw spring. his head. It's spring. It's spring. I bought a kayak. I think I talked about that last week, didn't I? No. I bought a kayak. What kayak did you buy? It's sitting in your garage. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Backcountry Custom Canoes. Yes. The one that we were uh, demoing last year. Yes. So I yeah. bought so, John's uh, kayak that he loaned to us. Right. And did I talk to you about the guy I'm charging storage fees? <laughs> <laughs> did I mention that yet? No, yeah, oh, I haven't mentioned yeah. that. Remind me to talk to you about that. Because <laughs> there's this guy storing a kayak in my garage. It's going to start charging him fees. Yes. <laughs> a couple of rental fees a month sort of thing. <laughs> So that's new. Oh, excellent. That's it? <laughs> it's funny. I had a couple of things in my head I was going to mention. And as soon as you mentioned the email and was, what's new, it's like everything just disappears. It's like, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, the kayak. The kayak. <laughs> I almost had to say, I don't know. Nothing's new. <laughs> Absolutely nothing is new. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's, it's been really busy the last couple of months. So this last week has sort of been a, a down week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, everything's just sort of, you know. Everything's sort of done now. Yeah. I got a couple of weeks off. And then next weekend, we're back up and uh, up and going again. We're at the Canoe Symposium. Yeah, and, up in Waterloo. Yeah. And, I'm excited uh, for that. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun as usual. Uh, but yeah, this this past week, I've done, I've done, I've been doing a lot of behind scenes sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm uh, working on a couple of videos and some administration stuff and that for the, for the show here. And, uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing too, mm-hmm. too big. Just sort of the long-term projects and <laughs> and whatnot, putting out feelers to a couple of people for yeah. a few things and whatnot. So I'm doing the same thing. Excellent. I'm planning a few little trips and little some jaunts in the park and whatever. Yeah, we're doing the. Uh, I'm I'm doing the three, three, a three day. I'm doing three three day weekends, one with my son, one with my daughter, one with my wife again. Oh, just, okay. Just. You know, my wife and I one weekend, my daughter and I one weekend, my son and I one weekend. Yeah. Going to do that again this year. We uh, we had a lot of fun doing that last year. Uh, probably be up in Algonquin again, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. I mean, there's other places to go. So it's just a matter of if we get out there and, and check it out. Might do uh, QE2 or something like that. Oh, you right? know, I- Some Kawartha Highlands maybe. We, uh, we were up there. The only time I've ever been there was with you and Camper Christina. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a- Beautiful park, and it's supposedly, I think I heard from David Bain that it's becoming an operating park this year, or is it next? So they're talking, yeah, because right sure. now you can just wander in and take a campsite. Right. And it's first come, first serve. There's no charges. There's no park fees. There's no park passes. But they're changing that really soon. So are they going to put a booth or like a... I assume it's going to be similar to enter any normal park. There's, you have to get your, your permit and you all have that sort permit of stuff. and have a registered campsite and yada, yada, yada. Well, that's going to suck. Well, I don't know if it'll suck for me because I've only ever used it once anyway, so it's not like it's going to crimp my style. 
<laughs> but but yeah, so I, I I am I'd like to try and get out in it more. It's because I've seen a few people have used the park. I've seen people uh, do some video, you know, and it's uh it seems like a really nice park. It's underutilized. It's it's wide open. It's so it's uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to try and get out this year. Yeah, even if it's just for a day trip, getting out there and and checking it out is. Uh... Mm-hmm. Really nice to get out for paddle anyway. Yeah. And it's something different than the normal Algonquin or James, yeah, uh, Georgian yeah. Bay and, you know, Lake Ontario, that sort of stuff, right? Well, the first time I heard of Kiwi 2, it was, uh, I was watching a, a Joe Robinette video and he was talking about uh, gear. He was going out there. He is, uh, it was early on when he was doing some of his YouTube stuff. And, uh, he was talking about this park he went to and, and I was like, wow, that's a nice park. And he was talking about how underutilized he was hiking in, it wasn't by water. And, and so I looked it up and I just, (laughs) I, I've never heard of this park. So I Googled it and shockingly, it's like less than an hour away. It's like, I had no idea it was right there. Well, considering it's it's, north of Pickering, right? Yeah. It's, it's three hours to Algonquin from here. Yeah. So, and I think it was an hour and a half there. Yeah, it from was. From here. It's not the day that we went far. Out, yeah, the day we went out with Camper Christina. Yeah. I think it took me an hour and a half from my door yeah. to the put-in. Yeah. So, I mean, a three-hour drive total <laughs> compared yeah. to six hours to the front gate yeah. and back uh, of Algonquin. Well, what kind of blew my mind is of all the camping that I do around here, you know, Quartha Highlands, and I've been to, you know, Algonquin Park and various campgrounds and camp areas, and it's, I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like near me. Yeah. Right. So I, I just thought it was kind of weird. Well, because everybody's, everybody zeroes in on the biggies. Yes, exactly. You Every, know? Yeah. It's, you always focus on Algonquin Park. It's the crown jewel type thing. And yeah. You know, Killarney, Kilbear, yeah, exactly. that sort of stuff. The yeah. big ones, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why those ones are always full. Yeah. So you go hit these smaller ones that aren't all that popular mm-hmm. and you probably find yourself some really nice paddling and camping areas. Oh, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll we'll find out. Maybe hit one of those uh, for a change. Absolutely. And do some. I I might, I might even um, check out a spot and take the canoe and the, the like the solo canoe and the kayak. Okay. And if there's not like I don't I don't mind carrying the kayak. You know, like a hundred meters or something. Yeah. After that, it gets you don't want to do much. two kilometer board dodge. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing a bunch, some small ones, then yeah. you know you can sort of each of us grabs an end. Yeah, if you have two kayaks, you each grabs a nose, each grabs a tail, and yeah. the, and so you kind of double carry, so yeah. just in your hands, and you get your pack on your back. It's I've done that before. It's 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 simple. It's not too yeah. difficult. So maybe we'll even uh, check that out, sort yeah. of thing, and that way I can teach the kids a little bit of the kayaking yeah. thing as well. So get them out and let them try that. Exactly. Yeah, that'll be cool. Sounds like a plan. But uh, other than that, we're doing our um, fall trip. My wife and I are heading down to. Nashville, Memphis, Clarksdale, yes. Clarksdale, home of the Delta Blues, yeah, and uh, well, Braxton Barden that was here, yep. uh, last week. Uh, he's got a uh, knows a guy there that's um, John Rusky, okay, and he I can never remember the name of the the canoe company, but it looks like you know the the big Voyager style canoes, yeah, it looks like the the canoe he carves. Is it a squeef we're talking no, about? No, oh. no, no, that's up in Montreal or oh. uh, Quebec. Uh, but it looks like those, but they're carved out of like a solid piece of, oh, like a log or something. Okay. Uh, but that's, it starts with a Q, uh, Quapa or something like that. Yeah. Uh, canoes. Uh, you can, you can Google that down in Clarksdale. So I'm going to go check that out. And then, uh, in, in Nashville, we're going to 
hook up with uh, Jerry Vandiver yes. and get out in the water for a day. And That sounds so, awesome. Yeah. I was kind of jealous yeah. when I heard about that. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I would love to go canoeing with uh, Jerry Vandiver. Yeah, I think we're hitting 10 states between the drive <laughs> yeah. down and the drive back well, and while we're down there. And, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, when we're down there, it's going to be like Tennessee, Mississippi. How long are you going uh, for? Like seven, eight, nine, ten days. Okay. Something like that. But we do the big drive there and a big drive back, right? Yeah. Uh, but there, we may split the second drive the day back. We might go as far as Cincinnati. I think it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Because mm-hmm. just north of Cincinnati, they have the donut tour the and i think donut it's like 12 tour? donut stores in the area oh you told me about and you this get the before. passport and you hit all 12 donut stores it's the donut trail <laughs> yes and they stamp they give you a stamp yeah. at each store each donut shop and if you get 12 of them you get you to gotta, go to the visitor center and you get a free t-shirt <laughs> free t-shirt and a place to throw up but dude it's donuts <laughs> so you know Twelve donuts <laughs> and a drive home. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, we'll be running home. Yeah. Sugar yeah. high and then a sugar crash. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're we have no problems doing like a fifteen hour drive from here to Memphis. And then you stay in Memphis for a few yeah. days and you go to Clarksdale for a couple of days and then you're in Nashville for a couple of days and then you do the big drive home the last day sort of thing. Yeah. You build in an extra day just in case something comes <laughs> up or whatever, right? Um, it's going to be a good trip. Sounds awesome. You know what? If I can get on the Mississippi and do some paddling and there's a, like I said, there's rivers by, uh, Nashville that, uh, Jerry's got in mind to yeah. go and do a little tour there. So that'll be pretty cool to do as well. Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that as well as the, all the country and the, the Elvis stuff and the blues and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Right. And, uh, check all that out. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I got a couple of, of paddling projects on the go. Got a couple of paddling Smaller trips, I think it's going to be this year. There's some big ones I wanted to do, but I think um, the projects they got going mm-hmm. are, are going to, unfortunately, take those holiday days and convert them into that. So yeah. the big trips will end up next year sort of thing. But mm-hmm. hey, you know what? It is what it is. It'll be fun regardless of, of what happens. It's a, it's a shame there's such a limit on vacation you can have, eh? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to spread it between what you want to do and... yeah. You know, some, and what you have some, to do. What you have to do, and you got to spend some time with the family and stuff like yeah. that, and everybody. You know, the kids are only with you for so long before they. Yeah, you got to take advantage yeah, of that. You know, and I mean, my kids are both at that age where they can, you know, they're getting their finishing up school and going to mm-hmm. get their careers and stuff like that going, and you know, the moving the, on to bigger, better things. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be let's take the trips while we can and that sort of deal, yeah. right? And then when their life sort of settled down, it'll be. At least we can get out for a weekend or a three-day, four-day thing yeah. with them and still keep going, you know, um, later on in life, that sort of thing. So, yeah, we're at that point in our lives where we get to start doing this sort of stuff. And Yeah. Um, a couple of uh, projects we have on the go for, we're just looking at right now is, uh, what we were chatting about earlier, it's maybe the end of September. Um, looking at maybe doing a oh, shoreline yeah. cleanup. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm little paddle, get everybody out in their canoes and yep. kayaks and hit a couple of local rivers around and, uh, see if we can do some cleanup. 
Um, like I say, we're touching base with the city yeah. of Ajax and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's like sharing brewery. with the community. You get together the community and kind of you do some cleanup, a shoreline cleanup, a lake cleanup, and get together for some brews and some barbecue. And yeah. it seems like a pretty darn good plan to me. Well, you know what? When we had the, the film night there, the, the film festival, the paddling film festival we did there a couple of weeks back, you know, we had almost 100 people there. Yep. And they were all into paddling and stuff like that. So if they're all from around the area and stuff like that and want to do the yeah get together and do some paddling and stuff like that, we'll make it a, a fun day. Have mm-hmm. some, see if we can get some prizes and stuff like that. And yeah, absolutely. We'll some you know, clean up, clean and... up the area. Because there's a lot of people that I see on Facebook groups and stuff that paddle up and down, like Duffins Creek even, which yeah. is five minutes from my house. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that paddle up and down Duffins Creek and out onto Lake Ontario, the shoreline and stuff like that. Yeah. And Hey, if we can get people out and clean up some of it all and grab some, some of the garbage off, because especially mm-hmm. you see it laying there. And it, I mean, you know, we, we talked about spring, um, but even at the end of uh, the, the summer, there's a lot of garbage that you see there still. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. yeah. If we can clean it all out at the end of the year, and then that's less, that's there at the beginning of the, the spring, the yep. following year. Right. So anyway, that's a plan in the works right now. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, just all that sort of stuff is just getting it all together and. You know, wanting to uh, get uh, the summer, you know, it's just not getting here fast enough. <laughs> no. no. Well, I've, I've already <laughs> seen people that uh, want to get out. and Well, uh, John Van Berger is coming up for the Canoe Symposium. Yeah. And he wants to see if he can get out the day before the symposium or the oh. day after. Yes. One of the two and get out for a paddle. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe I'll take him up there and tell him, here's a garbage bag. Go, go fill it. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see uh, bringing the, the, the dry... The dry suit and the wet suit, whatever, and uh, go out for a little paddle and around and uh, see what's what. Mm-hmm. Get out there for the first time of the season. I think it's going to be a big local paddling year. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I Absolutely. like it because I'll just come from straight from work yeah. and go and paddling. It's the same for me. And it, what it really comes down to is uh, I'm, I've ru- I'm running out of vacation very fast. So I'm trying to save it for a couple special weeks with the the, the family and stuff yeah. like that so it's any any of the paddling i do is going to have to be like an evening paddle and get together with some groups of people and well later in the summer even midsummer there like when you come home from work i know i did it a couple uh, a couple times this year was you get it you get home from work you throw the the kayak or the canoe on and you head down to the local river yeah you can get in a couple of hours of paddling oh, yeah. before the, you, you know. Until 9.30 before it gets yeah. dark. And before but you get back back home, you put everything, you know, take the canoe off or whatever and uh, throw it in the garage or on your, wherever you're storing them. And it's just getting dark at that yep. point, you know. Mm-hmm. You just get, you have a late dinner, that's all. Yeah. But uh, there's lots of paddling that can be done in the evening oh, still. Tons. So, tons. You know, you don't have to save it all for the weekend. You know, because, you know, the wife always shows up with the honey-do list on weekends. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, you still have responsibilities, right? So. You know what? And that's exactly it. And if, if they, you got all the family stuff to do on weekends and everybody wants to go to the cottage or everybody wants to go camping or whatever like that, this just gives you extra paddling time during the week. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a ton of stuff to do, then this, this is perfect. So anyway, that's, that's what I've been doing this week and last <laughs> week. Some, yeah. A little bit of planning. It's just been planning. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know what? I, I've been on this laptop so much. I've got more spreadsheets and Word documents <laughs> and everything going on right now. I just, the, the USB people are loving me because I just have USB <laughs> sticks coming up my yeah. ding dong, you know, like it's ridiculous. Um, What else? I guess that's about it. Yeah. Just planning, 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 getting stuff done. Yeah. 
So it's spring. That's time of year. It's like I, we're doing the same thing. And you talk to people at work; they're all doing the same thing. Everybody's planning their vacations and this trip, that trip. It's just it's yeah. that time of year. It all is. the trade shows are. Is there any? I think we're done the trade shows. We're done the trade shows. So all those are yeah. done. Yeah, especially those are behind the one us. in Germany. <laughs> but the one in Germany is, isn't really. Um, it's not like the Toronto Outdoor Show or no. It's Copia. more vendor. It's, it's related. like it's like the paddle sports show. Yeah, is vendor related yeah. and store related. Yeah. So if you own a store and you're coming to buy sort of thing, exactly. I would still like to go to check it out. Oh yeah. So we're not going to be buying 500 paddles for our store, but we're we'll no. going to look at the things. But still, if we can get out there, and, yeah. You know, I just need a a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, has yeah. anybody got a lift to private jet heading we just to Germany by chance? Somebody wants to sponsor a radio yeah. show. Yeah. Hello, Air Canada, <laughs> WestJet. Anybody? Uh, Air Wow, I guess, is out of business. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. That was uh, Iceland, right? Iceland. Yeah. It was. Well, no, no, no. Iceland. Uh, um, one of my buddies that went before us to Iceland. Yeah. He went the uh, week before us. They took Wow, mm-hmm. and it was like pay for a seat, pay for a window, pay for a something. It, put it on all adds up. Everything. Yeah. We took Icelandic Air, which mm-hmm. is like yeah much better it was nice just boom boom yeah um but yeah wow i guess they stranded a ton of people too oh yeah they just they was, well they shut down very suddenly they just it was like overnight yeah. gone yeah yeah so all i can say is wow <laughs> <laughs> see what i did there yeah. nah. <laughs> no more beer for you buddy um what else that's about it yeah. so this week's show is a, a mishmash yes well, we've got a few interesting topics. I'm reviewing them here and it's, there's a couple of things that excite me and a couple of things yeah. that are really interesting. Uh, let's see. There's a historical thing. There's a cool thing. There's a, I got questions about this thing. There's a <laughs> retouch of something we talked about yep. two years ago now. Um, and we thought we'd check it out again. Yep. And there's a, there's a really good thing. And then there's a, wow, I can't believe that thing. <laughs> Uh, and then there's our ending. That's our show this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's a teaser show. It's a teaser show. So, so let's start with the historical thing. Oh, yes, yes. Happy birthday to the Grand Canyon National Park. Woo! On February 26th, 1919, yeah. the Grand Canyon was designated a national park. Uh, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, Grand Canyon welcomes approximately 6 million domestic and international visitors a year. That's incredible. So February 26th this year, it mm-hmm. uh, what, was like a month, just over a month ago, yeah. celebrated a hundred years. Yeah. So Colorado River cuts a chasm more than a mile deep for nearly 300 miles. Each year, a limited amount of Grand Canyon River permits are available, both private boaters, commercial outfitters. So, yeah, so they have a limited number and that just doesn't, because usually it's, well, the outfitters get that many yes. and then there's this many left for everybody else. Well, no, they got this many and it's basically a stick your hand in and if you're lucky, you get one. Yeah. And it looks like it's the, the outfitters too. I don't know. Uh, lucky paddlers who get the chance to make the journey are rewarded with awe-inspiring scenery, legendary white water, and epic hikes to hidden oasis. Oasis? Oasis? <laughs> oasis? Is it even spelled right? I don't think it's spelled right. Oasis. <laughs> it's oasis. Oasis. Waterfalls and slot canyons. For many, it's a life-changing adventure. 
So yeah, I mean that's pretty cool to be able to get down on the on the water and actually paddle it. Because everybody drives in, they look over and go, ooh, yeah, big they, hole. they yeah. go on little glass bottoms, yeah. the platform you can look. Yeah, down or and... they do the 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 helicopter trip to the bottom yeah. or the mule ride or whatever and stuff like that. Climbers and hikers yeah. and so actually being able to paddle for mm-hmm. quite the distance, yeah. right? That's pretty cool. So four thousand plus years ago. To this day today, the Grand Canyon is home to 11 associated Native American tribes. Over 4,000 years. Incredible, eh? That's, that's yeah. huge. Uh, 19, so 1919, the Grand Canyon National Park is established and received 44,000 visitors. That's a big number for back then. For, for 1919, yeah. 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 44,000. <laughs> 2017... <laughs> It received 6.25 million visitors. Incredible. I look at that and I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of people. Yeah. But you start thinking about all those people traipsing around, throwing rocks over, these paths, these hikes, everything like that. The amount of, yeah, for lack of a better term, wear and tear on the area Mm -hmm. is huge. Oh yeah. Right. It's gotta be huge. So, but, uh, yeah, if you grew now, if you Google Grand Canyon, 100 years events, it comes up with a page and it lists all these different events. Um, yeah, they got a whole page of, of all these different things that are happening in 2019 to celebrate the grand, the grand Canyon. So all you have to do is Google it grand Canyon, 100 year events and a few pages will come up and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be pretty cool to, to all the different stuff they've got going on this year, um, all f- up and down, uh, all up and down the uh, the canyon there. So, so check that out. So that's the historical thing we got this week. Are you googling it? I'm googling it right now. Google, Google. Are you googling? Come on. I'm trying to. You can't Google. It's hard because I got a microphone in front of me. Dun 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 dun. What'd you find? Anything? Multiple pages. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Google it and you'll find it. <laughs> uh, oh, there's cultural events. Yeah. Cultural, historical. Pottery. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Fee-free day on January 20th. So a yep. lot of these events are behind us now. Well, because we're three months into the year. So I guess it was uh, created or it was Teddy Roosevelt was the president at the time. Yep. Good old Teddy. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Like I'm already, uh, I'm only a quarter way through and I'm just getting to March. It's a busy place, man. Yeah. 6.25 million visitors a year. Did I tell you that? (laughs) You might, I might, I might've heard that a time or two. (laughs) 6.25 million. See, I think I'm, I'm thinking, well, for me, because I'm not a big fan of crowds, I think this year, 2019 is not the year I would go to the Grand Canyon. I think that is the same as going to the Rocky Mountains on Canada's 150th birthday. Yeah. Which I did. Or going to Costco on a Saturday. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my visit to Costco on a Saturday, yes, I will drop you off at the door. Call me when you're done. I'll be on the far side of the mall yeah. trying to find parking. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So. Anyway, like I say, yeah. if you just Google the Grand Canyon yeah. 100 Years events, there's pages and pages of stuff that, that are going on this year. And Now, was it the first national park 
What was the first national park? Oh, that I don't know. All I know is in 2000, or sorry, 1919, it was designated. Can hear you tapping, tapping away. Uh, Yellowstone, 1872. When did Jellystone become one? Jellystone? I don't yeah. know. That would have been Yogi the 70s or something. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Jellystone yeah. Park in the 70s. Boo-boo. <laughs> Boo-boo-boo. <laughs> so, anyway, Google that. Uh, what's next? Maps. You brought this one to my attention. This, this. is the This is the cool. This is pretty cool amazing. Thing. And unfortunately, this is a, you've got to check it out. You got to have your computer going. You got to look at this. Yes. ScottReinhardMaps.com. S-C-O-T-T-R-E-I-N-H-A-R-D Maps, M-A-P-S.com. ScottReinhardMaps.com. A New York-based graphic designer that enjoys maps, old maps, especially um, the old maps, and he likes the landforms and stuff like that. So he takes his professional expertise uh, rendering color and light and stuff like that. And he's producing these, they're 2D maps. So it is a flat map. Yes, but it looks But when 3D. you look at it, it looks like it's a 3D map. Like you want to reach out and touch it and expecting to feel, like when they, he does he does maps of the mountains and stuff. Like he's done maps of the Grand Canyon, Na- uh, Yellowstone National Park, the Grand Tetons, Tibet, Australia, Mount St. Helens, and the moon. Yes, yes. And you, you want to reach out and you, you you see these things like the Grand Canyon and you feel like when you rub your hand across the map, you're going to feel all the ridges. Your hand's going to go down and and into the into the canyon itself and stuff yeah. like that. It doesn't. You expect to feel yeah, texture. That's how good these maps are. Uh, he uses topography data from uh, USGS to accurately depict the elevation changes rendered in the 2D in his maps. And these are really cool maps. I don't see Algonquin Park here. I know, eh? Wouldn't that be something, though? <laughs> but you know what? Like, you could use stuff like some of these maps that they're using in the mountains and yeah. stuff like that to sort of gauge. If you're going on a tripping in some of these places, yeah. you'd be able to gauge what you're looking at topography-wise. And actual, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to look at a topographical map and know, okay, well, there's the changes. But this is actually like looking at yeah. everything. And you know what you're going to be running into when you're there, which is really, really cool. So it's, uh, yeah, scottreinhardmaps.com. I think we should put a link to this on our, uh, our yeah, website, we should do that, our, yeah. our, uh, Facebook page and whatnot. Uh, these are pretty, pretty cool things to, to look at. Now you brought this, but, um, when you, you showed me the, the, or told me about these there and I followed the link and I'm looking at his, you go to the, I think it's the buy or whatever, uh, to shopping, yep. you, go, you go in the shopping link or whatever and it starts showing all these massive maps that he's done. And there's going to be a couple of dozen there. Oh, yeah. And you're looking at, and they're anywhere from 55, I think the $65. It's not a bad price. US, I got to think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, I mean, these maps though, yeah, I'd probably pay that much for one. <laughs> they're Just pretty to have one hanging on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And if, you, if you're into the maps and stuff like that, you're going to want to check these maps out. And yeah, if he can get one of these for Algonquin Park, Killarney, Tamagami. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. he's not reached outside of the U.S. borders just yet. Uh, I think Jeffrey uh, McMurtry there uh, uh, and uh, Decky of Unlostify need to yeah. touch base with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, 
Yeah. Those would be some awesome canoe tripping maps. <laughs> yeah. I know you get the you you well yeah you know I've I've used topographical maps, but this is like a pictorial view, almost like a satellite imagery of the map. But the way it looks when you see when you look at these pictures, it's like it leaps off the page at you. It looks like a tabletop model. Yes, yes, right? absolutely, yes, yeah, yeah. definitely a tabletop three yeah. D model coming straight up at you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, check that out. Uh, that's really really cool to see. On to the third item on the agenda, The Brigade. We talked about this TV show. They uh, touched base with me ages ago when they were first talking about it. And I thought, ooh, this would be really cool to do. The Brigade, Race to the Hudson, follows the um, York Factory Express. So this, this TV show on the Outdoor Channel premieres April 22nd. So... What are they right here? I think I think it was about this time last year where they contacted us yeah, and, and they said, talked. Hey. We we advertised for them and yeah. we had to chat with them and so we we presented it. They were they were looking for people to uh, to apply and interested in going and and doing this huge challenge. Now, when you look at when they were talking about the York Factory Express and then what they're saying on their on their site here now, so with. With $500,000 at stake, 10 strangers unite to conquer a grueling cross-country wilderness expedition that pushes bodies and minds to the extreme. The Brigade Race to the Hudson is a cooperative competition that forces participants to work together as they travel over 750 miles across the York Factory Express, a historic fur trade route legendary for its danger, isolation, and beauty. They'll paddle, portage, and a hike through treacherous waterways and unforgiving terrain with only 28 days to complete their journey. They have no fuel, no GPS. If they can pool their skills, strengths, and courage and make it to the end in time, they'll split the cash prize. But if the team unravels, failure is inevitable. The brigade is not about eliminating foes. It is about hanging on to every member against the odds. And that's, I like that format better. I, I was always irritated at the underhandedness of like the Survivor series. Survivor, and, the amazing you know, race. Gets yeah, the that it's always, and, yeah. the, the, everybody's trying to trip up the other person so that they can win. This here is more of a team effort and yeah. you want your team members to you win. You start with 10 and you want to finish with finish 10. Finish with 10, right? exactly. Especially, I mean, you look at this big uh, canoe that they're carrying, like this big war canoe looking thing. You need all of you. You need available. 10 people to be hauling that <laughs> over portages and stuff yeah. like that. Anybody seen a typical Voyager canoe? It's like, these are huge monsters. So they have the cast members. Of course, they got names on on, on uh, their their site. If you go to the brigade dot, I think it was CA. Is it? Or was it dot com? It's got to be com. Yeah. It's an American show. The brigade dot com. Uh, cast members. There's 10 of them. The Competitor, The Muscle, The Hunter Gatherer, The Waterman, The Nurse, The Navy Seal, The Jack of All Trades, The Guide, The First Responder, and The Historian. Those are the 10 characters in this, this, this play. Yeah, so everybody's got their own little nickname. Mm-hmm. So you know what? It really sounds cool. Um, it, it, looked, it looks, yeah, I would love to do this. However, <laughs> there is a part that I you know, have to point out until we actually see, because the, the, all the information isn't there yet. Uh, I've read some articles from last year when they were first talking about it that were way off to what it sounds like. Now, I had originally heard it was a million dollars, 
Uh, now we now it's five hundred thousand. Yeah, it seems to be changing. I'd like it's. Uh, yeah. We'll learn more as it approaches. It's it's like a couple weeks away, two weeks away. Yeah. Now, when I first heard about this as well, it was there's 500,000. If 10 of yous make it, 10 of yous split it. If four of yous make it, four of you split it. That's If one guy makes it alone, he gets, he gets the thing. full. But apparently that's not. Yeah, there's some other, some people were saying that, well, no, you, you got to do it within certain times. You got, there's certain markers you got to hit within certain deadlines and stuff like that. And if you don't make it in that deadline, then you lose some of the cash. And if you don't make it in your 28 days, you lose some of the cash. And da, 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 da. So I think until it actually, all the rules come out, I, I think it's, there's some, still some stuff up in the air. On their website, there was the, the trailer for it. And when you look at, watch the trailer, it shows Castlegar BC at the start point. Yep. And they do the map, the, the little line going across the map from Castlegar up to the Hudson's Bay to York Factory, showing the route. Yeah. They're talking 750 miles. If you draw a straight line <laughs> from, now the route they take, it's not a straight line. But as a crow flies from Castlegar to York Factory on Hudson's Bay, 1,885 kilometers, yeah. not 750 miles. Well, I guess you got to consider that a lot of this stuff's going to be a dramatization. It's, it's a TV show. It's made for TV. And uh, so the, the people may be actually doing the route, but there, there's going to be some finer things left out. Like It's not like they're going to be able to do a 30, 40 part series. It's going to be limited run. So it's, uh, well, what I think they, they, if you want to take it this way, um, as they travel over 750 miles across the York factory express, if you read into that, you could read that it's not the entire express. It's just 750 miles of, of it. the, yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah. they maybe do this portion, this portion, this portion. I, I don't know. Time is limited. Yeah. Uh, the full York factory express starts in what was Fort Vancouver, which is now Portland, Oregon. Yes. Not Castlegar, BC. The estimated full express, 4,200 kilometers, not yeah. 750 miles. It's a bit of a trek. Yeah. <laughs> so these are just some of the things I'm pointing yep, out because yep, 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 I thought, yep. you know what? Yeah. From Oregon all the way up there. And then I'm thinking... That's more than 750 miles, and you're definitely not doing that in 28 days. No, there's no Because the Voyagers time. used to take a lot longer than that. I think they, yeah. They the used entire to take, season. Yeah. Um, and they would start, one would start at York Factory, and one would start at Fort Vancouver, mm -hmm. and they'd come back and forth, Yeah, you know. So the original line here, the original full express, Fort Vancouver, which is Portland, Oregon, to York Factory on the Hudson's Bay, just south, which is just south of Churchill, Manitoba. Yep. Okay, so it's up there. It ran, ran as follows. Up the Columbia River, past the posts of Fort Nay-Pierces. I'm not sure what that is. Fort Okanagan, Fort Colville, to Boat Encampment, which today is under Kinbasket Lake. Over Athabasca Pass to Jasper House, down the Athabasca River to Fort Assiniboine, Overland 80 miles or 129 kilometers. Don't forget, you got this big Voyager canoe. Yes, too right? easy. 
along the Athabasca Landing Trail to Fort Edmonton, then down the North Saskatchewan River and Saskatchewan River to Lake Winnipeg via Norway House on the Nelson River. Finally, the brigade would travel down the Hayes River to York Factory on the Hudson's Bay. Taking all season to do that. Yeah, that's quite the trip. Now, you're talking, when you hit Lake Winnipeg, you're talking those massive windstorms. Yeah. So. You got to be cautious there. You're going to be windbound. and That's why I'm thinking they're only doing sections of this yeah. whole thing. And it's going to be key sections. Yeah. It's and it's, it's not, I don't think they're trying to achieve an actual timed run or anything. All they're doing is creating entertainment. And yeah. it's people who are going to enjoy the original route of the Voyagers and uh, do this York Factory They're run. probably going to take the best of all these different sections. Yes. For a total of 750 miles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was just sitting there going like, wait, 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 something just doesn't. <laughs> wait, I'm sure Zach. I'm not going to be the only one thinking <laughs> that either. Going, yeah. Something just not adding up here. So anyway, so yeah, the Brigade uh, Race to the Hudson's premieres April 22nd. That's a Monday on the Outdoor Channel. Um I'm sure everybody will find it somewhere. Anyway. Oh, yeah. it's uh, I yeah. believe it's Channel 37 or something like that. It's, is that what it is? Yeah, well, that's what it is in Bovilles. But, but you know, if if you anybody who can flip through channels can find the uh, the outdoor channel. Yeah. So check that out. Definitely check it out. And like I say, once all the, the details come in, either way, I'm, I'm yeah. watching it. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be really cool. And uh, I think if time allowed, I would have definitely thrown in a contestant uh, yeah absolutely form into this I, I, thing. I thought about doing this but i just yeah. you can't take the time who has yeah. that kind of time not me so anyway let's take a quick break here and we'll be back with more cool stuff hi this is derek sprest you're listening to paddling adventures radio if you like what you've been hearing you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on facebook instagram and on twitter you can find all of our episodes on itunes google play and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So we had a show, probably our first season, uh, not that we really do seasons, but two years ago. Yeah. We'll call it our 2016 season. <laughs> um, we talked about the Barkley Marathon. So the Barkley Marathon, just a little history of it. In 1977, James Earl Ray, the guy that assassinated Martin Luther King Jr., escaped from Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in the town of Petros in Morgan, City, Morgan County, Tennessee. Uh, a massive manhunt took place over more than two days, but Ray only made it roughly eight miles through the hills and backwoods surrounding the prison before being caught. Uh, uninspired by the low mileage of the criminal, Cantrell, uh, this guy that lives there, believed he could make it 100 miles in the mountains before the penitentiary, around the penitentiary. Thus, Thus the, Barkley the Barkley was born. born. <laughs> uh, it is hills, it's rock, it's thickets, it's dense brush. 
it's, it's everything yeah. that you cannot get through. It's, it's hell on earth. Uh, they say it's the, the race that eats its young. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> they cap it at 40 people uh, every year. How do you enter? Uh, you got to figure that out. There is no website that says this is how you enter, this is where you enter, anything like that. It's it's all sort of you got to figure this out. If you are that determined to race it, yeah, then you know uh, that, you got to figure it out. That's fifty percent of the job. Yeah, the field consists of forty people uh, and uh, consists of runners of all abilities, from elite runners to people they say have no business being there. <laughs> <laughs> This is especially true for whoever receives bib number one. That is known as the human sacrifice, a.k.a. the one person Cantrell thinks has the least chance of wow. finishing. So if somebody sees you there and you go, dude, you are not finishing, <laughs> here's bib number one. They basically said, you might as well just go back to your car, yeah. jump in, <laughs> and snooze till the race is over. You must complete five loops of the course to earn the title of Barkley Finisher. The distance for each is about 20 miles. And though runners often dispute the claim, saying it's roughly a marathon. <laughs> Add in the fact that it's easy to go off course. You can see how it becomes longer. Elevation is one of the most notable challenges of the race. The total ev- elevation gang gain, if I can learn to speak, <laughs> 60,000 feet. If you complete all five loops in the equivalent, it's the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest twice. Wow. So yeah, that's, oh man. (laughs) Uh, Being in the woods and often off-blazed trails, runners are subjected to the thorns, briars, and other unpleasant plants to run through. Runners often return from a loop battered and cut up. Participants then have 60 hours to complete the race. Five loops in 60 hours. Yeah. Each loop is 20, 20 miles. 20 miles. Not kilometers, 20 miles. miles. Oh, that's a tough race. Yeah, so that's what, like about 30, almost 30 kilometers? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yowza. Uh, so we, yeah, we've talked about this before. To complete the race, you must complete five loops of the course. The first two are done clockwise. The second two are run counterclockwise. And it can be one or the other for the final loop. You're, I guess they tell you which one it is. Each loop must be done in 12 hours to in- even attempt the full course. Unless you're attempting the fun run. That's three <laughs> loops with a time limit of 13 hours, 20 minutes for each of the two lo- or each of the loops. 40 hours total. Yeah, the fun run. The fun run is only three. <laughs> yeah, that's not a fun run. No. Uh, notable this year... Two Canadian women, Morgan McKay and Stephanie Case, were were participants. For the second year in a row, there was no finishers. <laughs> that tells you a lot about the race. <laughs> yeah. Um, there. Yeah. It's it's it's. If you look at the list of winners, um, there have not been many. <laughs> and I don't even know that you consider them winners. <laughs> yeah. They're considered finishers. Uh, Precisely. So you are given a bib, a different number. Each each loop you do, you get a different number. Oh, really? Right. I didn't catch that part. What's that? I didn't catch that part when I was reading through it. Uh, When you're going to start, they give you your bib. If your bib is number 82. Yeah. There are checkpoints along this 20 miles. And on the 20 miles checkpoint, 
are books. He these these he's put books. Okay. You find that book. If you're bib number eighty two, you rip out page eighty two. <laughs> put the book back. Yeah. You go find the next checkpoint. Open the book. Page yeah. eighty two. You've got to come back with all the proper amount oh. of pages. If you miss one, it is not considered finishing that loop. <laughs> You're pooched. You are pooched. You've just done all of yeah. that and you missed one checkpoint. Yeah. You are screwed. Oh. So that's so when you they check, okay, you've got all your pages. There's yeah, there's, yeah, there's ten of them here, whatever it is. Give us your bib. There's a, a yellow gate at the start and end point. Okay. You've got to touch the gate to start. And when you come back, you touch the gate, yes. and that's when your time is is officially is over. officially for that loop. Then you hand them your your bib, and you hand them your pages, and they count it. Yep, okay, that's yep. a loop. You go do your, you know, have a quick snooze or whatever you want to have, or go restock your water, your granola, and that sort of stuff. Come back at another bib, which will be a different number, of yep. course. Touch the gate, and off you go for the next one, and you do that five. Times. No problem. That yeah. sounds too easy. <laughs> so that just, the, the race this year just happened. Yes. Um, and there were no finishers for the second year in a row. Now, I do believe there was a bit of a, there was a guy, I want to say his name was Gary, three years ago. Because there was controversy or something, Yeah. He? he was like six seconds late or something like that. Yeah. Or six seconds until... But then it found out he went the wrong way. Oh, no. So he was supposed to go clockwise and he went counterclockwise. It matters that much, eh? It matters. Every oh. little thing. You have to be on this. There's no GPS. Yep. There's no maps. Nope. Like nothing. You have to know this. So, yeah, you don't want to be a newbie that's never been out in the woods or anything like that. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. People come back and they're just like, they're just... They're dying. beat up. They're beat up. Yeah. They're they're scuffed and scratched and beat up and dehydrated and tired and it yeah, it's a tough situation. Yeah. So some of the people that you you see running this race and they don't publish who the eighty people are, the entrance fee you will get in the mail a um sorry letter, sorry you've been chosen. <laughs> sorry to tell you, but you you've won yeah. out. You're going. <laughs> the entrance fee is a dollar sixty. Too easy. And apparently a piece of clothing that they say, okay, well, send us a shirt, a white button-up shirt or a pair of socks yeah. or whatever it is, that sort of thing. And you're $1.60. <laughs> if it is your first time entering the race, they ask that you bring a um, license plate from your, your province or okay. or your, your thing. And he's got a whole bunch of them hung up there. Yeah. That sort of thing. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's quite the deal. Uh, is becoming more and more popular. And I was at a brewery on the weekend and the, the bartender there, she was on Twitter and she was following stuff and she just happened to say, yeah, following the Barkley. And I'm like, the Barkley she Marathon? Was. And she goes, do you know it? And I go, you know it? <laughs> she runs and she says, it's on my bucket list to do oh, one day, wow. but I will probably die. And I, and I said, and that's why I'm sitting here drinking beer, sitting on my fat ass. Because <laughs> I would be dead as well. 
Uh, yeah, even she knew it. She was following, and yeah, she's the one that told me there was a few uh, Canadians in it, and especially two yeah. Canadian women running this race. Huh. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's popular and it's getting bigger, but they cap it at forty people every year, and out of forty yeah. people, the last couple of years. Can you imagine? And yeah, there's there's only been I think this started in '86 or something like that. There's only been about 12, 13 winners, finishers. Yeah. In all those years. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So it'll go a few years without a finisher. (laughs) So that's definitely something. So check out the Barkley Marathon. Like I said, we've talked about this before, but this has just happened again. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Check it out and you'll you'll be reading this stuff for, for a while. Oh, yeah. On to some really good news the canadian canoe museum what this. has just happened at the canadian canoe museum this is exciting they are building or going to be building a brand new state-of-the-art eco-friendly yeah. environmentally friendly uh facility and so, they've been trying to raise money for a couple yeah. years now 65 million dollars is what they need they've gotten some uh private funding and stuff like that like you know 1.5 million here yeah. 2 million there sort of stuff well this week what happened well and and it this is great it's uh they the federal government is investing 10 million dollars in the new Canadian Canoe Museum in Peterborough 10 million 10 million so that's that's that helps out a lot that's uh it, it it's not the full amount there's still they still need to do some uh some fundraising and some to continue yeah. on. I think they're at least halfway there. Yeah. To the 65 Pretty million much. by they, now. They, yeah. they, they're outgrowing their current digs. They're, they're outgrowing. They, they, uh, they, they need something newer, something better. And I think it's a, it's, they're taking the right time to do this. So it's, uh, and thanks to the federal government, they are, uh, well on their way. It's like one sixth of the cost. Right? I think they've been around for like 20 years, something like that. Quite now. some time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the world's largest connection of canoes, kayaks, paddled watercraft, yep. more than 600. Yeah. That they've got. And I don't think all of them are on display. A lot no. of them are in storage. Yeah. There, there's a lot of them that are in storage. They, yeah. they, they don't have the room to, to put Yeah. And well, it gives them an opportunity to rotate stock and change the displays yeah. and this, that, the other thing. But yeah, they, they need a larger museum. And, and I think the, we, we've walked through the location where the new building is going to be built. And so it's, it's a really nice location right down on the locks and right by the main lift lock, right? Yeah, it's right beside the Peterborough lift locks. Uh, we went there, with the, we took the families there yeah. last uh, um, last summer. That was the 150, uh, yeah. Was the that Canada two years one, ago? Or was that last year? It was Canada's 150, that was... Uh, that was two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago, I guess. Has it been that long? Oh, I time, thought it was last summer that we time went. Time flies when you have Yeah, maybe. When was the 125? Two years ago. Yeah. The 150, two years That's ago. That's when we did it. Because I got the, yeah. the, 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 the locks oh, were free the locks were free, and I got the little right, sticker. We got the sticker. And, yeah. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, so in 2013, the Senate declared the Canadian Canoe Museum and its collection a cultural asset of national significance. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So that yeah, so now they're investing $10 million for the new Canadian Canoe Museum in Peterborough. And what do they say? On Monday morning at the Canadian, the current museum on Monaghan Road, Minister of Canadian Heritage and Multiculturalism Pablo Rodriguez announced the Government of Canada is investing $10 million in a new facility which will be built on Parks Canada property alongside the Peterborough Lift Lock and the Trent Severn Waterway, which is like the perfect location. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. 
Thanks to this investment, the Canadian Canoe Museum will be able to expand the scope of its cultural activities and help attract more tourists to the Peterborough area. The new $65 million, 85,000 square foot facility. That's huge. That's huge. Will replace the 1960s era building. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, it's, that's, yes, that's 60 years old. Uh, and boasts the world's largest collection of canoes, kayaks, and paddled watercraft. Many of the 600 watercraft and thousands of small artifacts are currently not on display due to space restrictions. Yeah, so good for them. So thanks to the federal government <laughs> for throwing this money. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they do, if, if the Canoe Museum does f- like donations or looking for donations, like um, I mean, throw your $10 worth sort of thing. I recall that or? they were. They had a box out. It was uh, the, when we, what, our first episode was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our very I rem- first episode. I remember something about that. They they were talking about it even then. They were Expanding. trying to raise they're yeah. trying to raise money for expansion. Yeah, I don't think this whole thing was in the quite in the plans though. Wasn't as far as it is now. Like yeah. at, at that time it was it was a nugget of an idea. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, 10 million bucks. I think that yeah, when I was looking, there's a little video on their thing that just said, you know, such and such company donated and this company. I got to think they're at least halfway there by now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out. And if you haven't been to the Canadian Canoe Museum, I would definitely go check it out. Because my question is, why haven't you been? <laughs> I've been a couple times myself. Yeah, I've been. And we, we got to go back again. See if we can, uh, maybe, maybe that's what we'll do with our 200th show. We'll go record it there with Kevin Callan. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go back yeah. there with, with better equipment this time. Because yeah. the last, when we first, our very first show. We were recorded there yeah. with Kevin. It was a little rough. And uh, Carolyn, <laughs> Carolyn, Carolyn Hislop. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, we were new to it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just leave, we'll just leave it at that. And I mean, there was a lot of people around us and people screaming and, and whatnot. So anyway, so 10 million bucks coming the uh, the way from the federal government to the new Canadian uh, Canoe Museum. And uh, that'll be uh, pretty cool. So awesome. Um, want to take another quick commercial? Yes. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about some 67 year old guy. Be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So the last item on our mishmash list, 67-year-old adventurer has rowed halfway across the Southern Ocean. That's... So, wow. Fedor Konyakov. 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 
A 67-year-old Russian journalist, artist, adventurer is attempting to solo circumnavigate the Southern Hemisphere on a specialized rowboat called the Akros, A-K-R-O-S, which I'm sure stands for something. Yeah. Uh, nobody has ever successfully done that. In fact, Konyakov seems to be the first to row as far as he has in the Southern Ocean already. So he set out from Dunedin, New Zealand in December. Yeah. Uh, we thought, I thought when I first, when you first brought this to me, you'd say, oh, it sounds like he must be well on his way. And just reading it, it sounds like he's, he's, he's gone quite the distance, but He's really, gone quite the distance, but I think he's like, what, halfway or something. He's just, he's, he's, he's he, moving. No, he's not, he's not even halfway. Well, they talk about him being halfway. He's halfway. He's okay. So he started from Dunedin, New Zealand oh, in December. Oh, he's halfway across the ocean, but he's not halfway he's, around his trip. Right. He's reached the halfway mark on his first goal, which mm-hmm. is Cape Horn, which is a southern yeah. tip of South America. So he's halfway between New Zealand and the tip of, southern tip of South America, right? In the southern, yes. in the southern yep. ocean. Correct. Okay. So once he goes f- around the, the Cape... He's going to then zip across to South Africa and then onto Australia. Onto Australia and then back, back to, to New point. Zealand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, the way they worded it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it was sketchy. Odd. It was whoever did the uh the writing was a little lazy. Yeah, so basically he's going to circumnavigate the lower half, lower quarter yeah, of the southern hemisphere. Yeah. So, yeah, if you divide the world into four, he's going around the Bottom the, Yeah, quarter. the bottom part. Yeah, which is quite the distance. Yeah. Uh, he's traveled 4,125 kilometers already, and that's just the halfway between New Zealand and, and South America. And it looks like it's, a, once he gets to South America, I think that's about a third of the way that he's going to go. And it's like 7,701 kilometers and to one. South America. <laughs> yeah. 7,701 kilometers, 0.21 to to South America. So that's quite the ways. That's quite the feat. He's he's a member. He's like old too. He's 60. What do you mean old? He's only 17 years older than us. (laughs) So (laughs) we're newborn babies. He's a teenager. Yes, yes, yes. He's a member of the Russian Geographic Society. He's a balloon pilot. He's a certified yacht captain. He's visited both North and South Poles, the summit of Everest, and has circumnavigated the globe four times. Wow. Uh-huh. What have you done lately, Derek? <laughs> I woke up this morning. <laughs> I made coffee. <laughs> I didn't burn or stab myself today. <laughs> While a member of a small crew sailing around Cape Horn in 2009, Konyakov and friends drank a bottle of champagne put their business cards and a personal message in the bottle, corked it, and pitched it overboard. Three years later, the barnacle-encrusted bottle was recovered by a diver along a South Australian coast. Well, there you go. Uh-huh. These are just some of the things this guy's done. Yeah, so, he's done a lot. He's very accomplished. Yeah, 67 years old. He's got this. He's got one of those big funky rowboats. A couple of people have done these. Yeah. These funky yeah. covered rowboats that, you know, basically I think have... What you just close everything inside yeah. and hunker down in case of a storm. And I think it, if it capsizes, it writes itself or there, there are all these funky, uh, funky things. So yeah, so that's, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this, see what, uh, what happens there, but, uh, sounds pretty cool. And I think that's about 
all the mismatch we've got this week. Yeah, I'm just trying to Google this dude. Yeah, Google the dude. Google the dude. Fedor Konyakov. Yes. Kon- Konyakov. Konyakov. Yeah, journalist, artist, adventurer, balloon pilot, Russian Geographic Society member, yacht captain, North and South Pole explorer, <laughs> climber of Mount Everest. Yeah, look at that. World navigate circumnavigator. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, but can he bake a chocolate cake? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Can this fella make muffins? I if don't can't do think that, he's so. Out. You're out, buddy. You don't mean nothing on our our scale of popularity. <laughs> so, anything extra about him? It, it's just there's a whole bunch of stuff. Just a lot of the stuff that we've already mentioned, and uh, but he's got quite a few ballooning things going records on and here. Stuff. Yeah, a lot of records yeah. and. Yeah, he must be just one of those guys that goes out and collects different records. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. He did this. He did the. Uh, he did the seven. The, uh, what is it? The seven tallest peaks, peaks on the, in the seven world? continents. Oh yeah. Seven on seven. So Europe, Russia, Mount Elbrus, uh, in Asia, Mount Everest, uh, Antarctica, Vincent Massif, uh, South America, Anaconda, Yeah, We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> in Africa, Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, Australia, Mount Kosciuszko. And uh, Denali, which was formerly Mount Denali. Or Denali, which was uh, formerly Mount McKinley, Mount North McKinley, America. Yeah. Cool. So he's done a lot of stuff. He's he's done the Explorer's Grand Slam. Well, we'll keep an eye on him. See what happens. That's yeah, your so job, man. That's I, your job I'm, now. I'm surprised. I, 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 for never hearing him, he's uh, he's very accomplished. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, once you start getting to the paddling world. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You've made it now, buddy. He's even he's even 60, big in the years. arts world. He's he's been admitted to the Union of Artists in the USSR. Uh, he's a graphic artist uh, uh, designer, and so he's a member of the sculpture section. And holy cow, he's like one of those those uh, actors. You see him in all these movies, but you don't really know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. So. Anyway, yeah, so uh, set yourself a, a Google uh, yeah, alert on this guy. And I will. things comes up, and we'll keep a track and see how far he, he actually makes it around if he does mm-hmm. a, a complete circumnavigation. Uh, and I think that's about it, yes? I do believe that we've covered more than we really have to. All righty. <laughs> well, if you want to find out more, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to listen to more episodes, another, this is what, 164, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast sites. And you can also download our, and stream our episodes from the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Dirk Spest. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>